podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we are talking about five things keeping you stuck. Have you found yourself feeling frustrated with your progress and thinking, why am I not over this yet? Why am I still dealing with this? I feel so stuck in this anxiety. Know that if you're feeling this, you're not alone. And I want to talk to you about some of the things that you do that are part of what might be keeping you stuck. So these are patterns that I've seen in myself, I've seen in clients that are things that really hold us back from allowing anxiety to not be the thing controlling us anymore and not being so consumed and worrying. So we're gonna talk through the five things that are holding you back and keeping you stuck. So the first one, and this is like the biggest one, I think this is huge, is beating yourself up. Telling yourself something's wrong with me. I should be over this. Why does this keep coming up for me? and putting yourself down for your experience. And many of us have approached progress and working on ourselves in this manner. Like if we want to lose weight or we have a goal to work on and we have a setback, we beat ourselves up. Like say you're trying to lose weight and it's like, what the heck is wrong with you? Why did you eat that cookie? You know you shouldn't have done that. And we try to like beat ourselves into submission. Like if we criticize ourselves enough, then we can get ourselves to finally not do the worrying or the anxiousness. I think almost much like a parent punishing a child that like if I'm really mean and I punish them enough, then they won't do the behavior. And that works for like a minute. We can scare, you know, a kid into not doing something temporarily, but then they're going to probably start doing something else. Um, So you guys have heard me talk all about that on the Parenting and Anxiety podcast. But very similarly, this, this need to shame and beat ourselves up, like it's a form of trying to punish ourselves into the behavior we want. Like we think if we make ourselves feel bad for it, then somehow that will fix it. But in reality... All it does is keep us stuck because not only do we have this anxiousness we're dealing with, but now we have layered on top of that shame and judgment and frustration for our experience of anxiety. So we don't have access to working on the anxious thoughts or feelings anymore because now it's clouded with all of our judgment and all of our shame and frustration. And it feels important. Like, I, I get it. It feels important to beat ourselves up. Like, if we can just be, if we can finally get ourselves to get it, that we shouldn't be worrying about this anymore and this is not a problem, if we can finally beat ourselves up enough about it, that then the worries are going to stop. That it's just a lie. It, it's not true. The more we do that to ourselves the more anxious we're going to be, the more stuck we're going to stay because it just feeds a cycle of 
engaging in your anxiety, worrying, spinning out in thoughts, ruminating on your relationship, or maybe acting out and saying something to your partner, and then feeling guilt and shame, and then back to anxiousness again. We cannot beat ourselves up into making the changes we want to make. I know it feels so tempting. It feels so useful, but it's really not. It is, it is such a waste of our brain power to beat ourselves up. And it's totally optional. So that is like the biggest number one thing that I see is shaming yourself for what's going on for you and beating yourself up. Okay, so number two is looking for quick relief. So this is the things that we do to try to hurry and feel better. So these things might feel good in the moment. They might give you a little bit of reassurance that our relationship is good and it's okay and we can continue on. Um, They are the things that help us believe like, yes, this totally is the right relationship or yeah, he's not going to cheat on me. He really loves me. And these behaviors can look like asking your partner like, hey, do you still love me? And have them tell you that. Or it could look like, you know, maybe our worry is our partner isn't attractive enough. So we're going to go on social media and we're going to look at other people and see other guys and, oh, how attractive is this guy? Look, my partner's more attractive. Or maybe hanging out with your group of friends and being like, oh, hey, look, my partner's the cutest guy in the room. That makes you feel good for a second. It relieves your anxiety. And you feel this hit of, oh, see, I'm good. I can keep staying in this relationship. And while that feels good for us, that is actually part of what's keeping us so stuck. Looking for that quick relief to your anxiety, trying to prove to yourself like all of these thoughts are invalid and we're okay to be in this relationship, only works for like half a second. And then your brain comes up with the next what if. And proving to yourself, look, we're okay. This is a good relationship. Whatever it is, actually feeds that part of your brain that needs to prove it even more. So as good as it might feel to get some reassurance and some relief that your relationship's good, however you're doing that, it actually is really keeping you very stuck in this. That same process you use to prove like he's the cutest guy in the room, we're going to need to do that again. And then maybe next time you might find someone else you think is cuter and now all of a sudden we're really anxious and we need to go compare him to a bunch of other people and help ourselves feel better about that. Comparing, trying, asking other people what they think, um mentally spinning out about it to prove to yourself those things that give you that hit of relief temporarily are not going to solve your problem long term. Okay, number three is the need to avoid anxiety. So I know I've talked about this so much on the podcast, but I cannot stress it enough because it's so easy to forget. And even I find myself forgetting it sometime, which is When we have uncomfortable emotions like anxiety, 
the immediate reaction we have is to run the other way, to do whatever the heck we can to get rid of that feeling. And that need to avoid anxiety or even any other negative emotion keeps us stuck. Trying to not feel anger, sadness, hurt, heartbreak, grief, anxiety, trying to not feel those things will only add to how anxious you are. Running away from your anxiety will not solve for it. Pushing it down, trying to not feel it, actually causes it to build. When we allow for feelings, when we allow for the emotion of anxiety, or whatever other feeling we have, that's how we can actually process and move through it. And when I say allow for emotions, I don't mean like spinning out in your head for, with it and overthinking it. I mean actually feeling the feeling. Actually noticing it in your body. The only way to get through emotional pain is not to go around it, but literally through it. To let yourself feel whatever's coming up for you. And so many of us think the solution is, okay, let me avoid this feeling. Let me avoid that feeling. Oh, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. And that mindset keeps us stuck, not only in anxiety, but in so many aspects of life. When we're just seeking to avoid different emotional pain, then we, we feel paralyzed in our decision-making because any choice we make, we're foreseeing emotional pain down the road. And even in this moment, we stay stuck in anxiety because we don't want to feel it, because we're pushing it away. That resistance is what causes it to build up. So that's a big one, is not feeling your feelings, avoiding anxiety will keep you more stuck in it. It's so ironic. The more we don't want to feel something, the more we're going to feel it. The more okay we are with feeling something, the less it actually tends to come up for us. It's crazy. So, number four, not proactively working on your mental health. So many of us approach mental health very passively, which is we only want to pay attention to our thoughts and feelings when they feel awful and when we're really struggling. And then we want to work on ourselves. Like, Oh, okay, this anxiety is back. Now it feels really hard. Okay, what can I do to get rid of this? How can I help myself feel better? And it's very much, if we think about in terms of our physical health, it's almost like, say you're someone who is, you know, maybe struggling with your cholesterol, uh, maybe choosing to wait until you have a heart attack to go into the doctor versus knowing like, oh, this is a tendency I have, so I'm going to exercise. I'm going to work on my diet and eat with lower fats or whatever the diet needs to be for struggling with cholesterol. So 
So many of us have that kind of approach with our mental health, which is we're waiting for that heart attack in order to do something about it. Like, crap, I'm having a panic attack and I'm freaking out. I can't calm myself down. This is horrible. Okay, now I need to get help. Now I should really work on this. Which we can do, right? Like, we can totally go into the doctor after having a heart attack. We can wait until we're super worked up to get help. But it is so much easier to work on the diet and eat good daily. Like, those simple little things are going to be a lot of an easier fix for us. And very similarly, proactively working on our mental health is going to make it feel so much more manageable. Having daily practices for ourselves, you know, journaling, allowing ourselves, making sure we're exercising, making room for our feelings on a daily basis. I actually have a daily practice for myself and that I teach my clients that is like basically you're coaching yourself every single day, like just for like five or 10 minutes. And doing daily practices like that allows for your anxiety to not get so intense and high. And it's very easy for our brains. And I see myself wanting to do this too sometimes, which is, oh, I feel really good right now. Like everything's going great. Many of us with relationship anxiety will have like a week where it feels really good and we're like, oh, I don't know if this is a problem anymore. I think I'm totally fine. And so we stop doing the things that helped us feel better in the first place. We, you know, in terms of someone who's struggling with their cholesterol, like maybe we're feeling better and so we stop eating as healthy and we stop working out because We feel better or we have a medicine we're taking like, oh, I feel better. I'm not going to take that medicine anymore. And then the problem is going to build up again. Like it's so much easier to do simple daily things to take care of ourselves. Having our own daily self-care practice, having a coach that we work with. Much like I talked about how our brains can build up garbage, it's a lot easier to clean out your room just a little bit every single day rather than letting the trash build up. And now we're like, crap, it's a mess. I got to clean this up. And so many of us approach our mental health like that. We're waiting for it to be a big mess in order to do something about it. And that really keeps us stuck is that that habit of I'm waiting for it to feel really bad. And okay, now I'll take care of it. Versus like, I'm carving out time every single day for my mental health because it is a priority for me. It's so easy to say you want to feel better, to say we don't want to deal with relationship anxiety, but being willing to actually show up and do the work and be disciplined, that's where we start making progress. That's what we got to be willing to do. All right, so number five is demanding 100% certainty. So, I hear my clients say this so much, which is, I just want to feel certain. I just want to know for sure that this decision is right to be with this person. Or I just want to know for sure that he really loves me and he's not cheating on me. And that need 
for a hundred percent certainty is actually what's keeping us stuck. So many of us think, okay, if I can just obtain that guarantee and just know for sure, then I won't feel anxious anymore. But the reality is as a human, we don't get to be a hundred percent certain about very many things at all. Every time you get in a car to go somewhere, you don't have a guarantee 100% you're going to get there. No person entering a marriage has a 100% guarantee there will not be a divorce. We know for sure that we need to breathe, that we need to eat food, that we're going to die. Like, there are very few things in life, though, we know 100%. Like, when you picked whatever your degree is or, you know, your career path, you didn't know 100% how that was going to go or if your boss was going to like you or whether how long that job was going to last. We don't get to know the future. And when we're trying to figure out the future and we want to know all the steps in order to feel 100% certain about this relationship, we're going to feel anxious. We're going to feel confused. I think often we make a lot of progress with relationship anxiety, but then we're still waiting for that. Okay, I feel good about this. I'm feeling less anxious, but I, I'm still not 100%. And the reality is we're not going to get that. We can never be 100% sure about any decision. And we're going to feel uncertain when we're bringing up all these scenarios of what could go wrong in our future. With any relationship, we will feel uncertain when we do that. It doesn't matter who you're dating. If we're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? You're going to feel uncertain. Like if every time I got into a car and I was like, but what if I get in a wreck? Or what if there's bad weather? I I better call some friends. I better double check. I'm not going to go anywhere. The one way to be 100% sure you never get cheated on or 100% sure you never get divorced is to just choose to never have a relationship, to never date anyone, never be with anyone. And I'm not saying that's what you should choose. But what I'm saying is there is risk in order to get reward. If we want the reward of that amazing, good relationship, it's going to require some risk. It's going to require being a little bit uncertain and not knowing the future. And the more we demand that certainty, that certainty that we can never, ever have, the more stuck we're going to feel. And I know some of you are like, but I saw that one person who said, I just knew 100% and never had a doubt. That person wasn't overanalyzing. They weren't thinking through all the what ifs. Because the reality is, they're not 100% sure. They're just not what ifing themselves about everything. They're just going with it and believing that it's right. Not because they know the future, but because they're just trusting everything's going to be okay. So there are the five things that might be keeping you stuck. One, shaming and beating yourself up. Two, 
looking for that quick relief that helps you feel better. Three, the need to avoid anxiety or negative emotions at all costs. Four, working on mental health retroactively rather than proactively. And lastly is number five, which is looking for 100% certainty. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. You have a beautiful weekend and we will talk next week. Bye.